Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds back in the studio. It's Tuesday and we have a national champion once again in college football. And it was pretty much over from the moment that opening whistle was sounded. You know, it was when I watched it, I had to think, boy, this is the boys against the men. Mm -hmm. It's a good way to put it. University of Georgia wins for the second straight year. They are the national champions, and they certainly deserved it. There was a time in the first period when Texas Christian came back and scored a touchdown to make it 10-7. to I thought, okay, the Horned Frogs have their mojo back, but no. Within 25 or 30 seconds, I don't think it was quite that quick, but it seemed like it. Here is Georgia down in the other end zone again and putting that game completely out of reach. Now, folks, this is going to be hard to imagine, but Texas Christian's not that bad a team. A very good, solid football team that got absolutely blitzed right from the start and couldn't recover. Really had to like Georgia's game plan on defense on this one. Max Duggan, who is probably going to come back at TCU again as the QB next year, was accustomed to having a lot of time. Now, by a lot of time, we're talking about five or six seconds to throw the ball and to find his receivers. Georgia decided they weren't going to give him that amount of time at all. Georgia had seen what had happened against Ohio State. They saw the Texas Christian game against Michigan and what had happened there. We're going to put a lot of pressure, which they can do, and they just were relentless in making Duggan totally uncomfortable in the backfield and and really blitzing him constantly and taking him completely out of his pattern and out of the rhythm that he has at QB. And therein lay the difference. Furthermore, the TCU defense really had their mojo taken completely away from them when Georgia just completely ran all over them. Not, not only running, but passing. Stetson Bennett's a good quarterback. That offensive line that the Bulldogs have Really, really very good. 65-7 to is the final score in favor of the Georgia Bulldogs. They are the national champs. Okay, I, I love the media because the media these days is so quick to climb on everybody's bandwagon and carry on. Georgia's here for the next 10, 15, 20 years. They're the new dynasty. Hey, folks, I'm of the opinion that Alabama, had they played, and they did not play Georgia this year, not on the regular schedule and certainly not in the playoffs because Alabama didn't qualify. But had they played, Bama would have given Georgia a very, very tough time. Ohio State was within a field goal of knocking him out of it, and they didn't get it done. They're, they're, not, they're, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. They're, Georgia has a very good football team. But are they the Colossus? You still have to prove it, folks. They have the last two years. They've won the national title. Let's see what happens now down the stretch. Alabama and Nebraska and schools like that that really governed football did so over a period of decades. Now, can Georgia do that? Georgia's good. Don't get me wrong. But let's go back to October 1st and a game in Columbia, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And the Missouri Tigers almost had them whipped, had Georgia whipped their head. And then Georgia came back, as championship teams do, and got them in the fourth period and won it 26-22. But here's Missouri, which is good but not great, giving the team a tough time. Why? Because motivation means an awful lot. Your mindset when you play these games is so critical as to how you react in circumstances and things like that. And you've got to be ready every time out because somebody's shooting for you. Yeah, Georgia's good, and they're a very good team. They still have to prove themselves over a period of years, at least in my opinion. 
I also feel bad for some of the guys that put money on TCU hoping to make a little bit of scratch because that was over and out the window very quickly. You're talking to one of them because I think <laughs> I mean, and a half points is I don't a lot blame, of points yeah, to give yeah, up. I don't blame and you. in a championship game like that, you take points because the dog is not usually but frequently going to cover. I thought they would. I thought the TCU was good enough to cover in this one, and they had it taken right away from them. At the end of the day, um, I thought it was a really, really, really good college football season. Okay. Playoffs, kind of, man. I mean, it was a little uh, uneven, if you will. But at the end of the day, I think that changes when we go to 12 teams. So we'll see what's uh, going to go down in the future. Mike, we're going to see if that does happen. I think the 12 teams is a little too many. It, it would be more like eight, in my opinion. But that's not going to be the case. It will be 12. All right, that's where it stands. I'm afraid, and I really mean this in all seriousness, but I'm afraid when this comes into play in 2024, next year, not this coming year, but next year, I think you're going to see some early blowouts, big time. Maybe not as bad as this one was in the championship game, but I think that's what's going to happen because you're going to have teams that really don't belong in there. It is a miracle, the fact that DeMar Hamlin was able to get on a plane, fly home after what went down in Cincinnati over a week ago. And, I mean, like I said, we were, my wife and I had just got done doing a CPR course as a teacher, and they kind of make them, you know, relicense every while. And she goes, when they have to resuscitate like that, it's not a good sign. But thank God he was where he was. He had some of the best training staff around him, and that's probably why he's still alive. Oh, not probably. It is why he's still alive. And uh, there's a very good reason that uh, your wife brought up in that, too. It is a miracle, and that's what we live in, is an age of miracles now. And having the resuscitation units, uh, which are called ambus in many cases, or used to be anyway back in the old days, having them mandated in many of these uh, venues is really, really critical. And it was in this case, too. The fact that he was discharged so quickly and sent back to Buffalo tells me uh, that a couple of things. Number one is probably no underlying condition, which is excellent. If that is the case, they'll do further tests and studies and so forth and so on. And number two, it probably was an electrical disturbance that happened. That's the initial thought process on there, that he took a blow to the chest. <clears throat> but that has to be a really significant blow to the chest, uh, Mike. And I, I did not see that happen on the camera. But then again, <laughs> what goes on in the field is another story. Anyway, the fact that he recovered, he's 24 years old, and the fact that he recovered and is in great shape is really sensational news. He, he, may, he may regain status to where he could play football again. I think it's unlikely that he will, but it's, it's possible that he could. But the fact that he's out of the hospital in a week's time, this happened last Monday night, not yesterday, of course, but last Monday. And here he is back in Buffalo. He's, his treatment will continue, but that's really outstanding. And it helped to, I think, tell the American mindset that, hey, these things can happen. It can happen anywhere, not just on the athletic field, but anywhere. We're all very temporary, and the quicker I think that we realize that and come together, the better off we're all going to be. Look at Ned Reynolds trying to bring together the world. When you're my age, there's a lot of philosophy that goes into living, let me tell you. Yeah, and really that I think sometimes we just need to let stuff go and uh, focus on what's important. So... Uh, we still got a little bit of time. Obviously, the Chiefs' number one seed in the playoffs. They got the weekend off. 
Uh, Bills will take on the Dolphins first in Wild Card Weekend. And uh, there's a possible neutral side situation going on should the Chiefs and Bills play each other in the AFC Championship. A lot of guys in Las Vegas seems to think it's going to be an Allegiant. Allegiant is one of the categories. Here's what uh, bothers me just a little bit about that whole thing. First of all, Lucas Oil Stadium is the logical choice, but they can't play there because the turf is being ripped mm-hmm. up and replaced. Okay, that's out. Well, how about Ford Field in Detroit? That's equidistant. Oh, no. There is a volleyball tournament going on there, so that's out. Oh, my. Well, look, you've got the Chiefs and the Bills, both of whom play in what can be more Buffalo than Kansas City, harsh weather conditions. They're both outside teams. Play the game outside. Why not? Well, you have Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, which would be a little closer to Buffalo than it is to Kansas City, but you also have the stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, where the Tennessee Titans play. could be there. But what they're proposing now is SoFi in Los Angeles. I find that to be completely out of context. How The local fans going out there? Come on, that ain't going to happen. Raymond James Stadium in Tampa? Mm, maybe. And Allegiant Field in Las Vegas? Possibly. But why do you have to have pristine circumstances? These teams are accustomed to playing in harsh weather conditions. Put them outside and take your chances. But we'll see what the NFL decides. I think they're looking for some kind of a, a nirvana for football for a, a possible it's not it def, not a definite yet but it's a possibility that the bills and chiefs would play again we'll see what happens the chiefs aren't really assured of who they're going to play in their next round they'll play the lowest remaining seeded team right now they have it proposed as the the uh, winner of the game between the chargers and and jacksonville but that may not be the case baltimore has a chance of getting Possible. in there it could be there's any any level of possibility remaining but it all becomes a whole lot more clear after this weekend in which kansas city will be sitting and re- relaxing and getting rest and that is something uh, we definitely want to hear yeah well being out there uh for a game it, you can definitely see why the nfl wanted uh, a team in Las Vegas because it's, I mean, the, the whole stadium was red. And it, you travel, if your team travels well, they're going to take that place over. And kind of, I don't feel bad for Raiders fans, but you kind of have to because it's like they don't really have any home place because that's just, it's a travel <laughs> destination, which makes sense as to why that would be the neutral site. But you mentioned snow. I mean, hell, didn't the Bills have a game canceled due to weather this year already? Didn't, didn't have it canceled, had it moved. Have it, had it moved, right? Well, you know, it's funny how everyone wants to complain about how everyone loves the Chiefs and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? It's funny. They, they make a rule change in season. They make overtime rule changes in season. They move a game due to snow. Uh, and then, of course, the implementation of a neutral site because of how everything went down last week. If the people that got screwed the most were the Bengals because the Bengals, ultimately what they did on the field was the right call. But you know what? As an organization, I would have had everyone in the front office while that decision was being made saying, you know what? Let's hold on here. If we decide to not play this game, what are the possible outcomes that could happen? And the Bengals could have said, we're going to get screwed. No, you're going to have to forfeit or we're going to finish this game. I just, it, I, ultimately, I think it comes back down to we got screwed on a coin toss four years ago and lost an AFC championship game to a coin toss. They didn't make rule changes for us then, but all of a sudden now the NFL can change in the middle of the season. Yeah, it's a great look. All right, now let's move on. Missouri and Arkansas. They're doing pretty good this basketball season. They are. The Arkansas Razorbacks are ranked 15th in America, and they have a game tomorrow night in Fayetteville 
in which number four in America comes in to play them. Number four happens to be in their conference and happens to be the Crimson Tide. That's exactly right, folks. Alabama on football, hey, one of the great stories in all of American sports. Their basketball team is damn good. They're number four in the nation. They can play. They took apart Kentucky on Saturday, made them made Kentucky look terrible. Anyway, Alabama and Arkansas, they play tomorrow night in Fayetteville. Missouri is ranked 20th. Now, Missouri did lose to Arkansas last week. Ranked 20th in the country. They go down to College Station to play Texas A&M conference game, and that is also tomorrow night. What's interesting about that game is that Texas A&M started the year as one of the top teams in America and lost almost from the opening tip-off of the season. Lost to a Missouri Valley Conference team. And you have to wonder how really strong they are. Anyway, it'll be Mizzou and Texas A&M tomorrow, Arkansas and Alabama, and the Missouri State Bears playing tomorrow night at Illinois State up at Normal. That's Dana Ford's old stomping grounds. Bears are coming off a loss to Belmont. That will be tough to overcome. Belmont's a good team. And you say, well, Illinois State's not as good as Belmont. No, their record isn't, but they beat Belmont earlier this year. So we will see what comes out of the wash. It always does. Been exciting <laughs> so far, and I know it's going to be crazy here in about a month and a half, two months when the tournament begins. Ned, you have a wonderful Tuesday. It's good to be back and in the room with you, sir.